What's up, everybody? How's your Tuesday treating you so far? Welcome in. I am the Man of Steel, one of America's favorite regional radio stars, as far as you know, along with the five-star recruit straight out of the OUJ school, the one, the only Parker Thune. A thank you to Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Whether you're looking to repair, replace, or maintain your air conditioning system, you can give uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems a call. They're family-owned and operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area since 2007. Call them up at 405-579-3113. Spring football is here, ladies and gentlemen. Spring football has arrived April 23rd for the spring game. Brent Venables talking about selling out the Palace. That would be awesome. That would be really, really cool if that happened. Let's see if uh, you know the fans can get it done. I think it's going to be a really good crowd. Can they sell it out? That would be incredible. Incredible. Brent meeting with the media yesterday said this. He is loving the attitude of the players so far. Just incredibly impressed with the mindset and the attitude and the buy-in of our players. Um, they've had a get-to as opposed to a got-to mentality, and I just there's a refresh. Uh, there's a, just a very refreshing, um, innocent thing to be around, and uh, they've uh, they're they're eating out a cup of our hands right now. And I say that with all due respect to, to them. Just really soaking up everything that they can, uh, whether that's um, foundationally, our values, our culture, um, you know, what we want to be about, you know, what our standards are, um, or, um, again, the work that they have to physically do. All right, Parker, you were over there this morning. Uh, guess what? Mule shoe's gone, and so are the restrictions on How practice. about that? Yes, am- amazingly, that paranoid freak who would never let anybody watch anything. But uh, you were over there, so you're predicting national championship already, I'm sure, right? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this. That is a high-intensity, very up-tempo practice environment under the Brent Venables regime. Uh, Delarian Turner-Yell was there, by the way, roaming around. So uh, he was one of the the celebrities in attendance. Uh, Gavin Sawchuk there as well, the four-star side. Yes, he's in town on an unofficial visit, so... Uh, just a couple of the folks, DTY and Sajak, that I noticed along the sidelines. But as far as the product on the field, it was really, really cool to watch Brent Venables get after his guys. Because, you know, he's, for the most part, like, he's cheesing, he's smiling, he's patting dudes on the back, he's dapping them up. But there came a time at which there was a drill among the defensive linemen that wasn't going exactly the way that Venables uh, thought it should be going, and he got up in their faces. And when Brent Venables gets high intensity, oh boy, that's a terrifying dude. I love it. And you know, he said at his initial press conference, we're going to coach him, we'll coach him hard and love him harder. So yeah, he's, he's still fiery. That, uh, that aspect of Brent's personality is still there and it is still alive and kicking. And uh, believe me, he's going to get after those guys when he has to. But I love what I'm hearing, man. I love what I'm hearing. He's super organized. I don't know. Can Oklahoma get to the playoff next year? I don't know. Can they win the Big 12? Yes, I think they can. I think they'll have the roster for that. And I'm just excited about the future of this coaching staff. And Matt Wells. How about that? That's some news, huh? You had some news. You basically had that last night, right? Well, yeah, so I was in the process of confirming it when we were on the air yesterday, which is the only reason I didn't bring it up at that time. But, yeah, uh, we reported that about 4 p.m. yesterday afternoon. 
And, uh, of course, it became official in the public eye today. So, yeah, Matt Wells joining the Oklahoma staff in an off-field role. For those unfamiliar or saying, well, that's a really generic name, which Matt Wells are you talking about? Uh, the Matt Wells that was most recently the head coach at Texas Tech for the past three seasons, spent six years at Utah State before that, and is a native of Salisaw, that's Oklahoma. Right. Yeah, Salisaw. What are, they, are they thinking it's Matt Wells, the old pitcher? I don't know. I don't know, but I guess some people were unclear yeah. as to which Matt Wells. Well, and that, that Matt Wells again, as many uh, people as you can get involved, he's got an off the field role, but obviously he's been there, done that. He's been a head coach. He was successful at Utah State. Obviously, didn't work out for him at Texas Tech. But uh, this is a little bit like the Nick Saban approach, man. You get as many good minds there in the room with you as you can and listen to their ideas and see what they can contribute and go from there. So I love what Brent's doing. I like this staff. You know, uh, Thad Turnipseed coming in as the director of football ops uh, when he was with Nick Saban at Bama. He was with Dabo, obviously, and Brent at Clemson. He was on the Oklahoma Breakdown podcast uh, the other day with Teddy and Gabe Eichert. They do a great job, by the way, on that podcast. And uh, they had Thad Turnipseed on, and they asked him a simple question, why he decided to come to Oklahoma. The number one reason is because of Brent Venables. Um, I believe I think he's going to be the face of college football. Um, I love the guy. I think he's um, – like I said, he's the closest thing to Nick, Nick Luke Saban that I've ever seen. The fact that he's a relentless recruiter and loves recruiting, and he loves the, the game of football, the X's, O's, highly intelligent that. Um, and he's just a good man. There you go. That's a pretty uh, ringing endorsement right there when yes, you get compared we... to be you're the next Nick Saban. Oh, boy. And coming from someone with as much authority as Thad Turnipseed in that regard, that's something that every Sooner fan listening right now should take note of and file yeah, away. Absolutely. Thad and... Turnipseed, who helped build the dynasties that were and are Alabama and Clemson, just compared your next head coach to Nick Saban. Who is the uh, last director of football ops? Say that again. Who is the last director of football ops? Oh, you're talking about most recently? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, yes, your sworn arch nemesis, Clark Stroud. So you've got a dude who loved to do Friday videos and call attention to himself and uh, has been hanging on coattails for years and years and years versus Thad Turnipseed. That's like a 1 versus 16 seed matchup, isn't it? Turnip, yeah, seed, I, turnip seed being the one, Stroud being the seed. I didn't think anything was unclear there. But, yeah, that's that's about <laughs> – if there is a one seed I saw the wheels directors of over football there. operations <laughs> yeah. across the country, Thad Turnip Seed is definitely – he might be the overall one seed. Yeah. Is, uh, is Stroud uh, living in Muleshoe's mansion in the guest compartment like Kato Kalen <laughs> did with OJ back in the day? Who knows at this point what Clark Stroud is up to out there in L.A. What we do know is that Lincoln Riley's house is worth probably the combined salaries of all his assistants for two years. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, the Sooners' uh, new quarterback. Even though Brent said, you know, every position's open, and I believe he's going to let those guys compete, but you heard what Jeff Levy said. Oh, yeah, Dylan's our guy. Uh, and this is what Brent said about his early impressions of Dylan Gabriel yesterday. He's a leader, um, he's a worker, he's very ambitious, um, he's um, self driven, uh, very humble, uh, incredibly confident. Uh, you know, great self-awareness, understands um, where he needs to 
get better, and that's just through conversation. Uh, but guys follow him. You know, the best of the best make others around them better, and he's intentionally done that through relationships and through work. Um, and uh, but he's a good athlete, uh, got good quickness, uh, very very competitive, ultra competitive. And just got a, a, a great sense of humility to him that is fun to deal with. There you go. And uh, the first practice is in the books. The uh, Sooners getting out there early today. How would you describe, if you had to describe to somebody again, what you saw out there today? Uh, you never got to see this with the previous administration, but would you? how would you describe it in terms of the way it was being run and the intensity level? I would say energetic is really what it seemed like. Well, and the other word I would throw in there is probably just, and I know it's not a very exciting word, but fast. Everything was just happening in rapid succession. There is a They're purpose doing, to everything. Exact, there is a pur- it and, feels like everybody is moving with right. purpose. It sounded like yesterday when Brent was talking about it, man, they're going to ma- max out their time. There's not going to be hardly any downtime. They're from one drill to another. Precision, movement, always doing something, teaching. And it, it just seems like Brent has been waiting for an opportunity. And we know that it, uh, you know, maybe he was close to taking the Auburn job. And we know what uh, the Auburn job can swallow you whole, of course. But it seems like he has had an idea of how he's wanted to run a program for a long time. I, I wouldn't put it past him that Brent has like a binder with everything, you know, planned out, mapped out what he wanted to do. And I love the guy's passion. I think, I think this has a chance to be a very special staff. There is no doubt about it. And eventually, you know, you start winning games, which they're going to do. You're going to lose some of these guys. But I love this staff. It reminds me of that staff that came together for Bob Stoops in 1999. And Brent was talking about, you know, the initial meetings they had uh, with the story about Mark Mangino and Mike Leach and everything. But it, it has a chance to be a very special staff. There is no doubt about it. You get that feeling, right? I mean, the, the hires look um, if you would laid out this staff, if you really follow college football and who's a good recruiter and who has a great reputation, who the hot commodities are, and you laid out this staff and said, all right, quit freaking out about that dude leaving for L.A., here's the staff, how it's going to look. What do you think? Most people in the know would say, holy cow, well, that looks really good. And I think a very <laughs> – a very conspicuous case study in that regard is the addition of Matt Wells. Because you can say what you want about Matt Wells. You know, he didn't have any success at Texas Tech. He was only a very good coach at the group of five level, which is fine. Like, you know what? If you want to diss what Matt Wells has done as a head, as a head coach, fine. But being able to convince a man who is coming off a stint as the head coach of a Power 5 program to take an off-field and very – out of the public eye type of role with your football program is impressive in its own right. Yeah, I like it, man. I think it's a really good addition. I think it's great. I think Sooner fans uh, who knew the name immediately were probably like, wow, that's nice. I like that. All right. Uh, thank you to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We're just getting warmed up here on Steel Man and Thune at noon. Great to have you along. Opening day of spring football. That's always cool. Opening day at Oklahoma State as well uh, for the Cowboys. So uh, it, it feels like uh, it's a great time of the year. Even though we won't have Phil Mickelson in the Masters, we also have the Masters Coming up, Phil, probably too harsh. If they're doing this to you, probably too harsh, but you also kind of did it 
to yourself. All right, Baker. Could he possibly be a Pittsburgh Steeler? Oh, please let it happen. Please let it happen. A certain radio host's head will explode if it does happen. You know I'm talking about. Good friend of mine. We'll be right back. Is this uh, hopeful? Uh, is this the sound if Baker goes to Pittsburgh? No, this is the sound of football being back. Oh, Mike. okay. I but was, I mean, I, it could also be applicable to the it could Baker be. And Pittsburgh situation. No, I, I like it for spring football. Yes, we need more spring football. And this is the most anticipated spring football period for the Sooners we've had in a long, long time. There is no doubt about it. Spring football is underway. We're going to talk uh, more about that with Jesse Crittenden of the uh, Norman Transcript Sports Editor at 135. Five minutes of Thunder Basketball with Brandon Rabar at uh, 1235. And uh, also your texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. All right, so Matt Ryan goes to Indy. We talked about that yesterday. Atlanta, a two-year deal for Marcus Mariota. Hmm. Jameis Winston staying in New Orleans, and it looks like, you know, this game of musical chairs, quarterback musical chairs, there aren't a lot of chairs left for Baker Mayfield right now. Seattle, Carolina, maybe the Lions, I don't know. But uh, Mary Kay Cabot, who covers the uh, Cleveland Browns, was talking about uh, there is interest with the Pittsburgh Steelers for Baker Mayfield if the Browns cut Baker Mayfield or if they can get – a deal that's not going to be too costly. What do you think? Well, and I, I, I'm buying that because Mary Kay Cabot has been right on with her reporting thus far about the entire situation up there in Cleveland. So. Will you take Baker or Mitchell Trubisky or I, Mitch Trubisky? I would take Baker. I think if that's what it comes down to, Baker wins that battle. Slide edge or do you think that's a wide margin? I just don't buy Trubisky. I can't make myself. I mean, buy his Trubisky. his record wasn't uh, wasn't horrible in uh, in Chicago. wasn't great either. But again, it's not like he was just dreadful with the Bears. But at least Baker competing for that job. I would give a slight edge to Baker well, as well. You still have Mason Rudolph there. You still have uh, Dwayne Haskins is still there under contract right now. But I, I would like uh, Baker's chances. Why is the IRS this? after you? I, I don't stealing? know what the heck is going on, but. Good Lord. Let me. I thought I had that on silent. Let me put it on Do Not Disturb. I don't know how it came off Do Not Disturb. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, as far as the Steelers quarterback situation goes, I think Baker Mayfield would win the battle to start there. Now, is that a situation that is conducive to his success? I'm not as sure. The Steelers already lost James Washington in free agency to the Cowboys. They lost Juju Smith-Schuster to the Chiefs. Yep. And so the Pickens are getting real slim at the wide receiver position. So that may be an organization that doesn't have a whole lot to offer Baker Mayfield in terms of weaponry. I think the best place for him, and I've said it before, now that New Orleans appears to be off the table having signed Jameis Winston, I want to see Baker Mayfield in Seattle. Yeah, me too. And we thought initially the best uh, potential landing spots for Baker were Indy 1, New Orleans 2. But uh, Seattle, you know, you've got some pretty good receivers to throw to there. Uh, Seahawks fans are into their football. But uh, would you rather have, let's say, you had your choice, 
Baker in Pittsburgh or Baker in Seattle? What would you take? Baker in Seattle. Really? Yes, absolutely. What about for the must-see TV moments of him going up against the Browns twice a year? Oh, now, you know what? <laughs> that, that will be must-see TV. And I'm curious to see what the fan base's reaction is the first time he steps back in the dog pound wearing a Steelers uniform. But I just – I guess it makes a lot of sense on Pittsburgh's end because they're not solidly committed to any quarterback in the long term, and they can afford to take a flyer on Baker as a one-year rental to see if he pans out. I just don't love what he's working with up there. To me, that is a situation where he's going to be handing the ball off 30, 35 times every single game and not going to be throwing unless he absolutely has to. When you have Najee Harris in the backfield, there's really no reason for you to – Take shots the likes of well, Chase Claypool isn't a bad wide receiver. He's a pretty He's, good player, yeah, absolutely. And the Steelers who, who have always run the football. It? The Steelers have always had a, a pretty solid running game, and and uh, I thought Najee Harris was solid last year. Look again, I don't know. This may be pie in the sky. There may be no shot of this, but that's what Mary Kay Cabot was reporting. Uh, potentially that there might be some interest from the Steelers and Baker Mayfield for the right deal or if the Browns cut Baker. Remember, they have obviously uh, Mr. Massage Deshaun Watson as their future, uh, even though he could be suspended, but they brought in uh, Jacoby Brissett as the backup quarterback. So we'll see. And I would give a slight edge to Baker over Mitch Trubisky. And uh, like I said, I mean, Baker's had his issues too. Uh, and we don't know how much. Certainly the injury obviously affected him somewhat. People will say, well, it was the non-throwing shoulder. It still was problematic for him. And, again, I also think he simply lost his confidence, man. He completely lost his confidence. He needs to get that back. So we'll see. But uh, the landing spots, there they aren't as plentiful uh, today as we talk to you. Seattle, Carolina, I don't know, maybe Pittsburgh. Who knows? Um uh, what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield, but it's going to be fun to uh, watch. I I was hoping for Indy. I do like uh, the Matt Ryan move there. I know Matt Ryan's up in age, up in years, but I still think, you know, for that situation, I would have gone with Matt Ryan over Baker as well. But uh, I I just want to see Baker try and get on the road to recovery and get on the road to a comeback. And maybe he won't be able to do it this time. He's overcome so many odds in his career. That's the Baker Mayfield story. Counted out, comes back, and does something you don't expect. You know, come to Oklahoma, win the starting job. You know, go to Texas Tech as a walk-on and become the starter there immediately. And then when Davis Webb... Uh, when he gets injured, Davis Webb takes over. He didn't like the situation there with Cliff Kingsbury. Thought he should have had the job back. Ends up at Oklahoma. Was a longtime Sooner fan. Wins that job. Wins the Heisman Trophy. Becomes the number one overall pick in the draft for a kid who walked on, you know, to play Power Five college football. But you know, the NFL is a totally different level. This may be the one comeback that Baker can't pull off. But it'll be fun to see how it plays out. All right, uh, you want to go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. One listener asks, did Oklahoma get new helmets or are these practice helmets? Yes, they were wearing the practice shells on top of their helmets. Dylan Gabriel's helmet is unique, and that might be what this listener is referring to. New technology, right? It's very cutting edge, very expensive type of helmet uh it's riddle and from what i understand it's just i don't even really know how to categorize it but it is 
it is built and designed in a manner that is altogether different from your traditional it football looks, helmet. It looks kind of funky, uh, new age. Is it Riddell or Riddle? Is it Riddell? I thought it was Riddell. Okay, we'll go with Riddell. I've always said Riddle, but. Riddle me this. I think it's Riddell. But, you know, it's kind of an old school helmet. Uh, so, yeah, I saw that too, and I was kind of wondering about it. But I had also heard that he's got this real new age, new school kind of helmet. Right. Another listener says, oh, you could never win a conference championship under Venables, and this program will still be left better than he found it. The lasting positive impact Brent will leave at OU is humongous. <sighs> Wait a minute. Da, 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 da. Oh, you could. Oh, okay, I get what he's saying. I was a little bit confused there. I, You know, I love what I'm hearing. I love what I'm hearing. I had a buddy of mine ask me, you know, I love what Brent's saying too, but does, does this play well with the, the kids that are out there that are being recruited these days? Well, look, you're going to find out. You talk, You heard what he said about commitments, man. He, <laughs> you know, made the marriage analogy, which I thought was great yesterday. But they'll be able to find kids who want to play there. Believe me, there is no doubt about it. And based on their philosophy, those kind of kids are going to want to run through a wall for him. Now, look, I'm not saying there won't be some defections down the road. Not everything's perfect. Not every plan's perfect. Not every plan is for everybody. But I think for long-term success and your kids on the roster buying in, Parker, I like this plan. Again, you're not going to see Oklahoma make a huge jump early in the national recruiting rankings because they're letting kids take visits. This isn't some weasel like Muleshoe offering 75,000 different players and then telling kids down the road, well, we don't have anything for you. This guy is doing things the right way. And in this society, I don't know, I probably sound old here, but you know what? I'm a fan of people doing things the right way and being honest and being forthright and laying it out there and saying, this is what we have, this is how we operate, this is what we need you to do, here's what you can expect of us, and there's no BS involved. That's a good long-term policy. What do you think about How would you answer that? Are the the kids that are being recruited these days – how will they deal with uh, Brent's approach and in, in their philosophy? Because I got a friend who's like, man, I don't know if these kids can live with that. No, I well, think guess they what? Can. They'll they'll find kids that can. Exactly, and that, I think that's, that's the what key. it boils down to: trying that, to root out the kids that can't. Not everybody is going to find Brent Venable's recruiting philosophy appealing, but the nature of recruiting is finding not only those players that want to play at your institution and not only those players that you believe are talented enough to play at your institution, but are a fit culturally. And if you're not a fit culturally, you don't belong at the University of Oklahoma. Wouldn't you want to do that with your company, right, if you're the CEO? You want people buying into your vision. You don't want them, well, I may be here for a while. You know, you want them bought in. And, Parker, I think that's what he's doing. Again, like I said, if you want to have the feel-good moment of seeing Oklahoma way up there in the early recruiting rankings, well, maybe this staff isn't for you. But guess what? You also – don't want to be there on signing day when you see three or four kids saying, yeah, I don't think so. I'm going here, going there. Well, the last couple of weeks of the recruiting process, when they've been committed to Oklahoma, going somewhere else, I think this will lock in your recruiting class. And again, you're, it's like the track star that makes a late kick. And that's what you're going to see from Oklahoma. Maybe they don't cross the finish line first, but they're going to be right there in the running with all the best programs in college football. So I like this approach. I think Brent's Long-term vision is what I'm most excited about. 
because I think this is a, this isn't a short-term plan. I'm not saying they don't want to win immediately. Of course they do. But I like the long-term philosophy, and they're playing the long game here too. And that's what you need to be doing headed to the SEC. All right, thank you to Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company. Lasher, Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Keep the text coming. Five minutes of Thunder basketball with Brandon Rabar, and then right back to football, and we got to talk a little hoops as well here on The Ref. It's hard to interrupt that guitar rip because uh, I feel guilty. One of the great ones, Little Purple Haze, Jimi Hendrix, the Jimi Hendrix experience, still the greatest rock and roll guitarist of all time. James Marshall Hendricks. All right, let's talk a little Thunder basketball. Brandon Rabar joins us. And uh, Brandon, DailyThunder.com, does a great job covering OKC. Joins us for a few minutes every uh, Tuesday during the noon hour. Celtics win last night, 132-123. Trey Mann had a night with 35 points. Shea had 31 and 9 assists. Trey Mann made 7 of 12 from three-point range. Baisley, 22-10. and 10. Poku bounced back from a woeful day against Orlando on Sunday. Remember Sunday against the Magic? It was 1-10 of 10 from 33 of 20. We thought, oh, man, Poku, that's, that's what we saw, you know, when Poku was early in his career. Now he's, in his, he's still early, but you know what I'm talking about. Poku, 19.6 boards, 3 assists uh, last night. Uh, Oklahoma City loses its 10th straight game. Uh, ten regular season games left, Brandon, and uh, can the Thunder continue? Can they can they end the season on a twenty game losing streak, please? Well, that, that's the hope, right? I mean, they, they've lost ten in a row and they have ten left. If they can just repeat it, they'll secure themselves a really, really nice spot in the draft, and that's what they're hoping for. The problem is they play the Magic again tomorrow. They play the Trailblazers twice and they play the Pistons. So they have some uh, easy games coming up, and I, I think if you gave Sam Presti a truth serum, he, he wishes that he had, you know, the Suns and the Jazz and the Nuggets and the Nets, you know, to, to close the, these uh, final ten games. You know what I'd do, Brandon, though? I would, I would just start throwing up metal arc lemon half-court hook shots. Uh, <laughs> that's what they should do. Do we think – now, Poku, we want him to keep his confidence, so we need somebody who's not going to be back to just get in there and start taking the uh, Globetrotters half-cart Meadowlark lemon hook shots or something like that. All right, real quick, I want to ask you, uh, the, the draft is what everybody's thinking about. I know Jabari Smith struggled in his last game, you know, what we all think is going to be his last game for Auburn, but he's a heck of a talent. We've seen Chad Holmgren. Uh, we, we've seen uh, Paulo uh, ben Carroll made some great plays for Duke down the stretch. We know that uh, Jaden Ivey, again, is still alive with Purdue. Uh, so it looks like a pretty good draft again. Uh, Oklahoma City last year, man, when you look at what happened, Josh Giddy, home run, Trey Mann, uh, you know, a stand-up triple. Then you look at, um, you know, what happened with JRE. I would say that's a ground rule double, and Aaron Wiggins is a, at least a good solid single. I mean, they got a hit every time. And they really, Sam Presti, it looks like ace that draft. And they have a bunch of picks in this one. Uh, and you don't hit on every pick, but he's got a chance to do some great things with this draft, particularly if the ping pong balls finally fall in the Thunder's favor. Uh-oh, we lost Brandon. Either that or we silenced. Oh, there, there he is. I'm sorry. So, yeah, this is another great opportunity for Oklahoma City, and you just hope they get some uh, – Lottery luck, you know. Last year, like I said, they got the second worst scenario they could have had. But uh, yeah, another opportunity coming up, not too far away. 
It really is incredible. Like you said, the second worst scenario happened last season. And to still come away with Josh Giddy, who's won so far, it won't happen in March because he hasn't played, but had won every Western Conference Rookie of the Month so far, second youngest player in the NBA. He's been incredible. Trey Mann, 35 points last night. Um, he's one of only two rookies to score more than 30 points twice this season. Jalen Green, the number two pick, was the other one. He also scored 29 points in a game. He's been phenomenal. You know, this, this draft does have a lot of talent up at the top, and the Thunder's biggest need is a big, whether it be a power forward or a center. And when you got Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith Jr., Paolo Boncaro, I mean, there are some guys. And even if they don't get a big, if you end up with like a Jaden Ivey, you know, he's basically – being compared to John Moran or a young Russell Westbrook with a jump shot, the Thunder have a lot of nice options to add to this young core this coming draft. Now, Brandon, as you look at the roster as it's currently composed, how many of these guys do you think are back with the Thunder a year from now? I mean, I'd say, obviously, Shea Gilgis-Alexander and all the rookies, Giddy Man, JRE, and Wiggins. Uh, I think Baisley has worked himself back i think he's going to be back he's been so good the second half of the season and he's still so young i think he's back and i think that uh poku the second half of the season you know basically and poku have kind of been the most maligned thunder players over the past year year and a half and both of those guys have had phenomenal turnarounds this season so i think both of those guys will be back and as far as bets go i think kenrich williams and mike muscala are going to be here for at least you know for the next several years, I think that the Thunder want them to be a part of this core, to be the vets that can help off the bench going forward. I think those are the guys that they're going to put the priority on. Anyone else is probably fair game. All right, Brandon, before we let you go, Brandon Rubar with us, DailyThunder.com, joining us uh, on Tuesdays to talk a little Oklahoma City basketball. I said when Kevin Durant left, and some people laughed at me, and, you know, people laugh at me all the time. That's fine. But, uh, you know what, this could affect the long-term stability of this franchise down the road, depending on how you recover. Now, Thunder fans are in their second year of this rebuild. They, they patched the tire, and they patched it pretty well, but it didn't, it didn't work uh, traveling the road to a championship with what they did, you know, uh, Sam Presti with the Paul George deal, Melo coming in and all of that stuff. But now I, I think that I'm hearing from a lot of people, man, Thunder's emailing me all the time. They want me to come to games, get free tickets, all of this stuff uh, for the last 10 games that they're trying to give away. Uh, how important is next year for the – uh, future of the franchise. I, I think Thunder fans have kind of realized where they've been, but next season, what do they need to see and what do you think needs to happen to make this franchise you know, more solvent for the future? And I'm not trying to say they're going away tomorrow. I don't think that's going to happen, but there's no guarantee that Oklahoma City is always going to have an NBA franchise. Uh, so how, with that in mind, how important is next year and growth? I mean, I think it's important. I think that as long as fans see potential and see where it's going, I think, like you said, fans realize the situation the Thunder are in right now, that they're rebuilding. I think the fans just don't want to see, you know, blowout and lack of effort. And for the most part this year, you know, the Thunder have been known for their effort and all these big comebacks that they have, and they've been competitive. The only times they've really been blown out is when they've had several guys missing, their main guys. Uh, you know, everybody points to that Grizzly 73-point game. Well, their two best players didn't play that game. Uh, 
I, I think you'll see more of that next year. Uh, I, I don't think you'll see, you know, people talk about tanking. I don't think there will be an intentional tank next year. I think that as long as fans see that the team is getting better and they have young talent, look, Shea is going to be an all-star one day. I mean, it, if you look at his trajectory and his stats, his numbers, he's going to be an all-star. He's only 23 years old. Josh Giddy has been phenomenal. Lou Dort, who I forgot to mention earlier, he's going to be around too. Uh, a fan favorite. You got these guys. And, you know, Trey Mann, like the, the crowd last night was every time that Trey Mann was shooting the ball, they were kind of gasping in anticipation. I think as long as they see growth from these guys and then you add a, a maybe a top five pick that's exciting, people just want some excitement and a fun game to go to. And I think you'll see that from the Thunder team next year. I really do. Yeah, I, I think one of those top four being an addition to this team will help immensely. There is no doubt about it. And you got to cross your fingers and hope once they uh, drop the ping-pong balls, finally the hoop gods will smile in Oklahoma City. Even though Sam Presti, despite uh, you know where they were with their draft position, did very well, obviously, in uh, last year's draft. Brandon, as always, thank you very much. We'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Talk to you guys soon. Yeah, and look um, – it's sad to see, and I haven't been to a game in a couple of years. I used to have season tickets, and then think life changed and everything, so it was more difficult for me to get to the games. But, uh, you know, that arena used to be energized every night. Now, it may not be totally packed every night. It may not have been totally packed, but it, there was always great energy in that arena. You would love to see that come back. And like I said, you know, owners don't get in the business of sports to lose money long term uh and i'm not saying anything that you know oklahoma city's ownership is at that point but you can't keep going this route forever obviously and hopefully again uh, the thunder will get some good luck in the draft i think any of those top four i like Jaden ivy a lot too the kid from purdue i think he's you know forget about oklahoma city needs a big man or whatever you you take a player with that kind of talent because he's going to end up being a rookie of the year candidate possible uh nba all-star down the road for somebody i believe all right, we'll break right here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune at noon right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network on your Tuesday. Thanks again to Tim Lasher. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, call them up. Heat and air needs, they got you covered. 405-579-3113. Back to the text line, the Air Comfort Solutions text line, and we'll talk a little hoops. Uh, the OU ladies, man, that was tough last night. We'll get into that and more when we get back here on the ref riverwind casino get out play with your wild card today you have until midnight tonight to earn five times the entries for a few points on your wild card out at riverwind the final drawing for the uh, 80k courtside cash giveaway is happening on friday night and the big drawing for the 80k land into luxury promotional Giveaway is happening on Saturday night. You can win $10,000 in cash and bonus play on Saturday. Plus, you might walk away with the keys to the keys to that brand-new Cadillac XT5, the 2022 Cadillac XT5. That would be uh, – you'd be happy to win that, right? And uh, you can win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play in the courtside cash promotional drawing on Friday night, 6 to 11.30 p.m. Grand prize winners, two of them awarded just before midnight – Get out to Riverwind, have a fun Friday night, have uh, have have a, uh, all the steak you can handle at Steak Night at the River Buffet, head over to Chips and Ales, great little pub restaurant, or the food court over at Riverwind and win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play Friday night in the 80K courtside cash giveaway. And then on Saturday night, 
Try your luck and try and win that brand new 2022 Cadillac XT5 from our friends at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. All right, man. I, I, so I get off the stream yesterday, Parker. I usually try and run it to like 5.30 or so, but I said, I got I to gotta cut this short. I got to go watch OU Women's Basketball. So I finally got off, got everything done about 5.15. I, I go downstairs, flip the TV on, and I think Notre Dame was up 22-7. to 7. And that was just the start. Notre Dame last night uh, led by as many as 55 points in beating Oklahoma 108-64. to It was one of those nights, Notre Dame, a lot taller at every position. Uh, you know, you wonder how Notre Dame is even a five seed after what we saw last night. Mabry hit five threes in like a four-minute span. And, I mean, it was like Oklahoma got hit with two haymakers right off the bat and was just trying to recover. So the Sooner women lose 108-64 to Notre Dame last night. Their season comes to an end at 25-9. Jenny Baranchek did a tremendous job in her first year, no doubt about it. And uh, the first-year Sooner head coach, pretty emotional afterwards last night i really really love and care about those women in that locker room and i'm really proud of a lot that we've done throughout the year and not just in the wins we've had some really embarrassing losses unfortunately this isn't our only one but we always come back and we always bounce back and i'm really proud that these women continue to respond um they continue to be themselves they continue to make people around them better um so from a reflection standpoint i'm just really really thankful and blessed that i get to coach them well Ginny baronchak hit it out of the park in her first season at oklahoma and last night yes it was disappointing embarrassing all of that stuff 25 and 9 in her first year you can't ask for any more than that and sometimes parker you get on the wrong side of a tsunami right and that's kind of what it felt like last night. It was a lot like that Final Four OU Villanova matchup. That's, that is you know? what it felt like. Just an absolute massacre, and there's nothing you can it, do to stop it, it. It was just an avalanche. Just you can't know? stem the tide. You, you, you're fighting to get a good shot against a team that's a lot bigger and look more athletic than you. And I think the Sooner ladies played hard, and they had a tremendous season, but they were overmatched last night. And when you get a team that I think – looks better than you are, bigger than you are, and making every shot and just cannot miss, and you're fighting just to get a good shot, that's the kind of thing that can happen. So Notre Dame wins 108-64 to uh, last night. Which of the Sweet 16 matchups are you looking forward to the most? St. Peter's. St. Peter's and Purdue. We're all peacocks. You are heavily on the St. Peter's train. There is no Listen. doubt. And they're playing a team, the Purdue um, Boilermakers, that a train is their logo, basically. Uh, I had that fourth on my list, though. Really? I got okay. Carolina, UCLA, number one. Uh, that's, I mean, in terms of college basketball blue bloods, yes. about as good as it gets. And Brady Manick on fire. I got Duke and Texas Tech, too, because... I don't... Uh, you know, I don't know if that game's close. Every Mike. game, though, for Coach K could be his last. Tech's going to defend him really hard, man. Uh, so, but Duke made a lot of great plays down the stretch uh, against Tom Izzo and Michigan State. I mean, Michigan State kind of had him on the ropes late in the game, and Duke responded, made a lot of big hoops. I've got Arizona and Houston number three. The Kelvin Sampson factor. I think Houston in. wins that game. Do you really? 
Yes, I had Houston in the Elite Eight, and with Tennessee out, I honestly think that Houston team's going to the Final Four. Man, Kelvin has done an unbelievable job. I'm happy for Kelvin. He obviously did some uh, stupid stuff in terms of the text and everything, and you can talk about, well, it's you know that's so minor. Come on, but it was still you know he was breaking the rules. Do I think it was a rule that was pretty ridiculous at the time? Yes, but again, he broke the rules. He had to go to the NBA. I mean, how many times did we see him sitting over there when he was, where was he, Milwaukee for a long time, I think it was, for Kelvin, Uh, and eventually in Houston, but an assistant coach in the NBA. Kelvin is a college coach. Kelvin is a college coach and did a really good job at Oklahoma. Obviously, it was before that he was really good at Washington State. They won a lot of games against better competition out there. But I think, you know, reviving Houston basketball has been big. I mean, they, they, uh, that five slamma jamma team in 83, and you think about Elvin Hayes playing in the, the, one of the most watched college hoop games of all time, that matchup with Kareem in the Astrodome or Lou Alcindor at the time. But uh, Kelvin has put them back on the map. You know what I would love? What's that? Is a Duke Carolina clash in the Final Four for a spot in the national championship game. And what is one of, well, what would, what has the potential to be Coach K's final game? They are on the same side of the bracket, aren't they? Carolina Duke? Yes, they are. Yeah, so they so would, it would be a Final Four. Yes. yes. I was trying to think. And yeah, man. Um, Man, Brady Manick against UCLA. Good for Brady Manick, man. You get to go to, uh, again, uh, Blue Blood Basketball School after, again, playing for your state school, having a good career at Oklahoma, and then go put the icing on the cake at Carolina and be a major factor for the Tar Heels. That's nice. Good for Brady Manick. All right, we got another hour to go. Jesse Crittenden also joining us to talk spring football next hour. Keep it here on The Ref. Jumping into our second hour here on this Tuesday, we will be heading to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. That is 405-651-3439. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car or truck and that great guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Jesse Crittenden joining us, Norman Transcript Sports Editor, out there uh, checking out uh, the first spring practice today for the Sooners, as was Parker. If you're just joining us, Parker Thune, update us. You saw what looked like a national championship first practice, did you not? Oh, every, every first practice looks like a national championship first practice, doesn't it? I guarantee beat reporters all over the country today are going, well, oh boy, this team, they, they look like they could do some dangerous things in the year 2022. So I'm not, uh, I'm not drawing too many knee-jerk reactions yet. couple things that did stand out. Man, you've heard me talk about Javante Barnes ad nauseum on this show. That dude's going to be a player. And he will see a lot of action for Oklahoma in 2022. So Barnes con- lived up to the Parker Thune uh, expectations. Buy stock. Yes. Buy stock. Did it feel different than a mule shoe first uh, workout? I mean, it was. Well, it was I don't that- know. I was never there. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. I guess. Yeah. What am I? Yeah. I, I guess maybe the press conference certainly did. Right? I mean, Brent is the kind of guy, man, I'd join Amway if Brent wanted me in Amway or whatever. I'd sell Cincy for Brent Benables. If he's the leader, 
Well, maybe not Cincy, but I'd think about it very seriously about it. Now, um, other things that stood out, Nick Evers can spin the ball, man. And there's, I mean, there's no question that Dylan Gabriel's the starter. Dylan Gabriel looked comfortable. He looked confident, really looked like he was taking his new digs. But I was likewise very impressed with what I saw from Nick Evers. That's a guy that looked, and obviously he's not going to have to, but he looked like he could go start a college game tomorrow and do just fine. So the future is bright at the QB position beyond just this year in 2022 and uh, the Dylan Gabriel experiment. As far as the defense goes, you know, you, you know what was very, very conspicuous is that everybody across that entire roster very obviously looked like they'd put on muscle mass. Really? That is the Jerry Schmitty. Schmidt effect yeah, right there. Yeah, Schmitty. The return of Schmitty. The return of badass football. None of this wimpy finesse, you know, mule shoe, West Coast wimpiness. Jerry Schmidt. Welcome back to Jerry Schmidt. All right, uh, let's hear from Brent from yesterday. I, You know, the press conference. How long did the press conference go? Yesterday? Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't there. That's right. I t- uh, we I we was, were on the air at that point. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm really not smart, am I? Did you? What do you think of the practices? Oh, yeah, that's right. You never went to the mule shoe practice. How long was the presser yesterday? Oh, yeah, you were on the air. Forgive me, for I have gotten older, but I try. But, no, I, I think that you can tell – there's a huge difference. I, I love the press conference yesterday. Like I said, uh, Brent could be selling me just about anything, and I'd buy it. I love his passion. I love his energy. I like his plan. It all sounds great. Now, again, is it going to work out and pay off in multiple national championships during his tenure? We don't know yet, but I, I like what I'm hearing, and I like uh, the staff that he's put together. This is what Brent said yesterday uh, about all positions being open this spring. Everybody's got a blank canvas, um, uh, you know, a culture of earning it, you know, get an opportunity. Um, so we're not going to go out there with depth charts. We've got to run out there with some guys got to go out first. But, you know, what we did today isn't going to necessarily going to look like what we do tomorrow and uh, give a, a lot of guys an opportunity uh, to earn uh, the right to play and certainly to compete for, uh, you know, positioning. This is a game of performance, not a, not a game of potential. And uh, so we're going to recognize performance. I'm going into our first practice. I um, think it's critical, um, you know, regardless of where you are in your journey, uh, first year, sixth year, um, that we put our uh, attention, our focus on just daily improvement. Okay. Uh-oh. Josh. Oh, no, just, I mean, just quick, quick, quick aside. I, okay. I just read a tweet about uh, Al Michaels' new destination. And? Amazon Prime. Yeah, it was kind of a uh, what we were all anticipating. Eight-figure salary. Holy cow. Al, how old is Al Michaels now? He's got to be like 76. 76 years old. He's still good, man. He is still good. Man, We have, you talk about shuffling the lineups with these TV crews for next year. A lot of it. A lot of it happening. Uh, who would have ever thought we'd have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football, right? But that's what we have coming in the fall. All right, so that was Brent again and talked about all positions being open. And sometimes you hear that with coaches. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, right, whatever. But you get the feeling that, again, it's, you can't say the is the quarterback position open because Jeff Levy said, yeah, Dylan's our guy. So it would take something crazy 
for him not to be the quarterback. But what do you think about that comment, again, that all positions are open? Well, I think it makes sense because, you know, when you – when you get to a new institution, I know it's not new to Brent Venables, but when you assemble an entirely new staff and you bring a new direction, a new vibe, a new culture to the program, you got to hit the reset button to a certain standpoint as far as personnel. And you have guys that are going to fit different in the new scheme than they fit in the old scheme. And so it's only natural that to a certain degree, you're starting from scratch. Now, there are players that will unquestionably be locked into a starting role. Obviously, Dylan Gabriel is one of those guys. Andrew Rame is one of those guys at the center position. I think McCade Mattire, the transfer from Cal, is one of those guys. Key Lawrence is one of those guys. But there's going to be some very intriguing positional battles, and I think a lot depends on where guys' fits are, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, because it's real easy to say, okay, Jalen Redmond's going to play defensive tackle. But what happens with a guy like Clayton Smith – who was that hybrid edge rusher in Alex Grinch's modified 3-3-5-4-2-5 type of scheme, where does he fit with what Brent Venables is going to do? That's another thing, too, is that Brent Venables' defense is going to be far more intricate from a play-calling perspective than what Grinch and his staff are running. Oklahoma had four base plays on defense last year, Mike. Four. Hmm. That's, not, that's not a joke. That's not hyperbole. They ran four base plays on defense. Brent Venables, from what I'm told, already has a couple dozen different formations that he's rolling with. Really? Four? I mean, they're Pop Warner teams with more than four, right? Yes. By the way, was this a shot at Muleshoe yesterday from Brent? I'm hoping it was. Now, Brent probably, I think he has too much class for an out-and-out shot at uh, Mule Shoe, but I want to perceive this. I This is a shot at Mule Shoe, right? Right here? If I've had one, I've had a thousand conversations with players that have come up to me and said thank you uh, for um, uh, the structure. Thank you for the accountability. Thank you for uh, the attention to detail. Thank you for the discipline. And um, so, you know, some t- you don't necessarily need that, uh, whether they're excited about that or not. Uh, but it's good affirmation uh, to know that there's a lot of buy-in. Tell me that's a shot. <laughs> sort of. Oh, man. So it's very easy to interpret it as one. Very easy. If that wasn't the angle Vinny was taking, then I, I, it's hard. Because he mentioned, right, that before he took the Oklahoma job, he had conversations with Riley and their cordial but that's not the only comment he's made over the last few months where you can't help but read into it and think, huh, is there is there some subliminal messaging going on there? Maybe. Well, and, you know, when Muleshoe was on, uh, I'm trying to remember which interview it was early. It wasn't, believe it or not, it wasn't Cowherd, his PR agent. It was somebody else, and he mentioned, oh, yeah, we're good, Brent and I are good friends, you know. But what can you believe anything he says? Mule shoe? No, yes. of course not. I mean, so I, I don't know. I'm sure they're they're cordial, maybe, all of that. But at the same time, it, Mule shoe acted like they were just best buddies or something. I'm like, you can't believe a word that comes out of this guy's mouth. He lies. So I'm imagining that football office looked like a daycare center, uh, you know, with, you know, just not a lot of discipline would be my guess. Now, I'm not saying they didn't have any, but uh, I don't think they have what 
they have now in terms of accountability. Like I said, uh, the mule shoe culture was posing in front of cars. Look at me. Look at this. Look how grand- glamorous this is. Brent is more about getting down to work. Business. And, and uh, yeah, getting, taking care of business, you know. And we'll see. I mean, maybe that'll fly at SC. And like I said, they're going to win some games. They're going to win. In fact, they're going to win a lot of games. Can they win a national championship? I uh, I like the direction, again, the Sooners are headed in, particularly with their ultimate destination coming up being in the SEC. So I like Thank it. You. I like it a lot. All right. We are going to take a break right here. Thanks again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for a great deal on a vehicle. Exit 72 right there in Paul's Valley. And a tremendous guarantee, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel. By the way, Mike, I got to add one more thing before we move on from this conversation. Jaden Gibson, the wide receiver mm-hmm. who came to Oklahoma yep. very late in the cycle, was right. committed to Florida for a long time. That dude is enormous. And when you look at the sheer discrepancy in height between him and every other wide receiver that Oklahoma has on the roster, it's kind of hard not to think that guy's going to get some red zone looks as a true freshman. There you go. Because he is hulking. A nice late get for the Sooners in uh, you know that class, no doubt. No doubt about it. He and Nick Evers both were committed to Florida and now are Sooners. All right, we're going to break, come back, head right to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. Keep it right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, welcome back. It is a Tuesday edition of Steelman and Thune at noon here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Hope your Tuesday is going well. A little overcast out there. I kind of like it. Be a good napping weather. I'm always looking for good napping weather. You know, the uh, the best way to have a, enjoy a good night's sleep is to have a nice thunderstorm. Maybe some light thunderclaps, nothing uh, major, but that's the best way to sleep. A little overnight rain. All right, uh, let's get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Jack in St. Louis says, I'll take Brent with a first-round tap-out over Muleshoe. Oh, no contest, a total no contest. There is no doubt about it. Uh, apparently, per one of our listeners, Venables threw some shade about recruiting players from the portal, not the school, when he was on a Clemson podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's the one I was going to try uh, and find that clip, and I just found it a little bit too late to get it in here last minute. We'll try and run that tomorrow, but yeah. Uh, there's been a little shade thrown here and there. You know, you can still be uh, somewhat friends, I guess, and throw some shade at somebody. But, I mean, because that comment was totally ridiculous. I mean, it was, again, Muleshoe, who uh, has a problem with the truth and also is very shady, you know, using semantics because he thinks he's the smartest dude in the room. You know, that is, uh, that's his playbook. We know now. On Baker Mayfield, one listener says, I am hoping Baker goes to the Seahawks. Why? Because Colin Cowherd is a big Seahawks fan. <laughs> to me, that would be even better than him going to the Steelers, whom your good friend is a fan. Uh, yes. Who do you want to bother more, Traber or Cowherd? Uh, that's the question. And I like Jim. Jim's a good dude, actually. He really, uh, you know, we've done a lot of stuff together. He's a good dude. But Cowherd, I would love to see him suffer. But it would be uh, interesting to see Baker in Pittsburgh, too. 
Uh, I, I just I don't know why I'm still having a hard time picturing Baker in a Seahawks uniform. We still don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy G, right? I mean, Jimmy G is going to be a factor somewhere. They got to trade him. So when's that going to happen? We'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, Seattle, Carolina, I don't know, the Lions, Jared Goff is still there, but some people think maybe Detroit could be a possibility. Mary Kay Cabot was reporting again that the Steelers would have interest in Baker for a the, the right deal and if uh, the Browns cut Baker Mayfield. And obviously they're going to try and deal him. But here's the deal for Baker. I mean, he's also on the last year of that rookie deal going to be paid $18 million, due to be paid $18 million next year. That is a uh, – that's a basement bargain goodie for somebody in terms of an NFL starting quarterback. And at least, I mean, he and Mitchell Trubisky, or I guess it's Mitch now, uh, would compete, would be my guess, if the Steelers did that, and we would see who wins the job. Any chance that Baker is not starting somewhere next year in the NFL? What do you put those yes, chances Yes, there's a at? chance. I what? would say 20 One, to 30%. I was going to go 33%. Man. That would be uh, that would be crazy, particularly the year he had previous to this year. You thought, yeah, Baker's turned the corner. Baker's still, turned the corner. I'm still going to say he ends up in Seattle. That looks like where he would end up. Yes, Pete Carroll though he's got SC ties. You like well, Pete Carroll? Then. Yeah, but. Everything about SC. I want SC to lose in everything. I want an earthquake to hit the Coliseum in their opening game. Well, no, the spring game. Uh, you know, and that's that's probably best that it hits during the spring game because there won't be anybody. That's at the right, stadium. and I don't want any uh, serious injuries. You know, a couple flesh wounds here and there. You know, nobody has to be. You know, nobody. Uh, you know, perishes. But I would like to see a major earthquake out there affecting SC football. And hope that, you know, everybody who really wanted to stay in Oklahoma doesn't have a scratch. Mule shoe, maybe an ankle issue or something like that. Is that bad? To ruin? I mean, nothing severe. But, you know, minor injury, non-life-threatening. So you're, you're just wishing a couple sprained ankles upon him? The hamstring, anything. <laughs> you know, non-severe, but something. Yes. I know I'm pathetic. All right, the Air Comfort Solutions tax line, 405-651-3439. said somebody. <laughs> okay, I just got that. Nice. One listener asked, does Josh Connerly go to USC? Yeah, it's kind of starting to look that way. Um, another asks, who will be the next recruit to commit to the Sooners? I'm going to say it's David Stone. That'd be a the huge one right there, right? five-star defensive lineman out of Dell City who currently – attends IMG Academy. I think David Stone's the next shooter drop. So how many visits has he taken? Uh did Stone? Or Connerly? Which one are you talking Stone. about? Stone. Okay, yeah. Uh David Stone, I want to say he's visited Oklahoma four times by now. Okay. He he's taken several visits and it's it's the kind of thing where, you know, the kid's an Okie. He's been an Okie his whole life. He's a Sooner fan. He wants to play football at the University of Oklahoma. I expect this to be a done deal. Wow, that would be huge. How many uh, recruits do you think Oklahoma and SC are really going head-to-head on right now? Quite a bit. I mean, is it double digits? No, I would say I, I think there's very little overlap. 
I can think of a few. Trey Wisner being one, the four-star running back. Mikhail Harrison Pilot, the four-star athlete out of Temple, Texas. That would be another one. But for the most part, USC's honing in on the West Coast, right? And Oklahoma's staying down in the Southeast. So there's still some guys that Muleshoe has pre-existing relationships with from his tenure as Oklahoma's head coach that he's going to continue to recruit out at USC. But for the most part, there won't be a ton of overlap. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I like <laughs> the 3-1-0. Hey, I plan on being at the USC spring game. Don't put that in the, out in the universe. What are you doing at the USC spring game? Yeah, I think this might be the same listener that said they were going to show up to the USC spring game in OU attire. Ah, Let's okay. hope that's the All case. right, yes, yes. All right, uh, no, we don't want anything to happen to you. You're doing uh, you know, God's work out there is what you're doing. You're just battling evil. So, no, nothing's going to happen to you. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. You're, you're on the side of good, not evil, so you will not be affected. Another listener asks, would Overton commit right after the spring game? Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, I, as far as a timetable, that would be when it happens because he's done with his official visits at that point. Now, does he commit to Oklahoma? That's the million-dollar question. Right now, if I'm putting my chips in the middle, yes, I think he's going to be a Sooner. Over A&M? Over A&M, yes. Anybody else getting a picture late? Georgia. Okay. Georgia's so. in the mix. Man, if you could get those two, Stone and Overton, I mean, that's those are two grand slams, right? Yeah, that would be that would be a, uh, a hell of an opening act for Brent Venables and this staff on the recruiting trail. You close the 2022 cycle with the biggest fish that's still in the pond. And then you already locked down a five-star prospect in the class of 2024 that you can build around for the next year and a half. Money moves. Yeah, that that would be huge. All right, 310 says he's trolling. Yes, but don't worry. If you do go out there, you're on the side of good, so you have nothing to worry about. All right, some big news right before we get to a break. More Sooner football, spring football, coming up with Jesse Crittenden, the sports editor for the Norman Transcript in the next segment. Some big news in the golf world today. Phil Mickelson, lefty, who just won the PGA last year at Kiowa Island. And if he's going to win another major, you would think he could contend at Augusta because he's got uh, multiple green jackets and Phil is not going to be playing at Augusta for the first time since 1994. No reason given, but you just saw that Phil's uh, name was on the former champions not participating. Uh, So what is going on? Has he been suspended by the PGA Tour? Has uh, Augusta National taken action because Augusta does what they want to do? And, of course, is this uh, somehow related to his comments about the Saudi Golf League? There is no doubt about it. Obviously, Phil losing sponsors and all of this. Uh, Maybe Augusta National again made the call. They don't want the distraction of Phil answering these questions, uh, you know, that week during the Masters. Maybe Phil doesn't want to take part because he's waiting on sponsors to come back because he lost, uh, lost a lot, including KPMG, in this deal. Uh, and maybe Phil just doesn't want to deal with a media distraction. I, I find it hard to believe. I think Phil, uh, again, this was Phil's usually pretty good with his PR skills. Uh, there are a lot of people, well, not a lot, but a few people think that Phil may be one of those guys who turns it on for the cameras and maybe is, isn't quite that uh, outgoing and gregarious off camera. Uh, and you could probably say that about a lot of superstars. But I, I think Phil 
would want to play. So this has got to be something behind the scenes, I, I would believe, with the PGA Tour. Again, uh, Augusta runs its own ship. They don't answer to the PGA Tour. Now, if the PGA Tour suspended him, Augusta could say, yeah, we'll go along with that. But Augusta makes its own decisions. They're on the PGA Tour schedule, but Augusta does what Augusta does. But it's going to be incredible not to see Phil there. Now, Tiger wasn't on that list, so people are like speculating, well, does that mean Tiger's playing? Tiger is not going to play at Augusta. I, look, if he was healthy, he's talking about you know, just trying to walk 18 holes and trying to walk 18 at Augusta National with the the – undulations and the hills and everything you got to deal with. I, I think it would be very surprising if Tiger played at Augusta. Maybe Southern Hills, you know, in May. Uh, maybe Tiger's able to play the par three. I could see him, you know, doing that. Sam out there again with him again. But I don't think Tiger's going to play. But his name is not on that list again uh, because he makes that call. So until Tiger says, ah, I'm out, you know, you're not going to see him on the players, active players not participating list, that might former be the, champions. That might be the first time the word undulations has ever been uttered on these airwaves. There are undulations in golf. you got to deal with undulations in golf. You need to get to Augusta. You're a golfer. I am. You need to put that on your bucket list. Dude, it is the coolest experience ever, uh, and it's, it's awesome. Well, I tell you what. I'm going to go grab my clubs when I'm home for Easter and bring them back down, and we're going to have to put together our ref staff scramble. You know, and the deal is if you go there as a media member, as a working media member, you can put your name in there and you might be drawn out to play on a Monday when, uh, you know, a bunch of the guys in the media who get lucky in the draw get to play. Oh, wow. That would be pretty, pretty cool. My man, Humpman, has played a couple times. Uh, Won the draw one year, didn't have any clubs, had to have them sent, or I think he rented them from somewhere. But how cool would that be to play Augusta Monday after the Masters? All right, we'll break right here. We have Jesse Crittenden joining us. Norman Transcript, keep the text coming, people. We appreciate them. So does Air Comfort Solutions. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. Let's talk some more Sooner football when we get back. All right, welcome back. Good to have you with us, Jesse Crittenden. Uh, joining us, Norman Transcripts, joining us on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line. Jesse, uh, man, everybody got to go out there and actually watch a little spring football today. What, what was your takeaway? This is certainly unusual compared to the previous regime that uh, this is even happening, but uh, what did you see out there? Anything stand out to you? Yeah, that's a really good point. It was incredible not only that we got to be out there, but we got to be out there kind of as long as we were able to. I mean, I think a full 40 minutes, uh, which was pretty awesome. And really, I think my takeaway was just the energy um, at practice. I mean, you saw Venables really, really going at it and and really being involved in pretty much every position group. Uh, You know, you saw some of the new coaches working together. I mean, you saw Todd, Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis working together. It, it, it. I think that my main takeaway was just how excited everything seemed to be. It, it didn't. Re, there wasn't really a nervousness. So it, it didn't really feel new. I think it, it really just seemed like a group that, considering the short turnarounds, has already really started to gel. And I think that that was the main takeaway for me. 
Now, uh, as far as individual players that caught your eye, Jesse, I, and I know it's day one of the first week, as they say in the outstanding movie Moneyball, but uh, from what you could glean and from what you did see, who are some of the players that just physically seem to stand out from the, the rest of the group? Yeah, uh, great question. I, I, I really, I think, first of all, uh, I mean, a lot of the focus was on Dylan Gabriel, right, and 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 um, just his, his first his first action at Oklahoma, but I think Nick Evers actually really stood out to me. Um, just, just his poise at quarterback. I, I think he's going to be a guy that, that really could make an impact uh, maybe later on in his career. Um, I, I thought, I thought a couple of the transfer guys really stood out to me. Um, you know, I, I think, I think Jonah um, really stood out to me. Um, I think Jeffrey Johnson um, as, as a defensive tackle really kind of stood out to me. I think it, I think, it surprised me, especially these transfer guys that have really come in and can, you can tell that they're um, just physically gifted. Um, I, I think, I think, I mean, to get these kind of guys through the transfer portal that I think are going to be able to make an impact probably immediately, um, I, think, I think that was really what stood out to me. Jesse Crittenden is with us, sports editor, Norman Transcript, joining us here on Steelman and Thune on the Ref Radio Network on this Tuesday. So Brent's presser yesterday, uh, compare and contrast a Brent Venables presser to a uh, mule shoe presser. <laughs> it's night and day, to be honest with you. And, and obviously we've gotten a couple of looks at Brent already. I mean, with his introductory press conference and his, his 90-minute Zoom marathon, um, after signing day uh, a few weeks ago. So, I mean, you'd think you'd seen it all, but, I mean, he came out and and said, you know, he was just going to give a few opening comments and then spoke for, for 20 minutes uh, just to open the presser before he even took questions. I mean, the, the press conference lasted about an hour, and, I mean, he, he threw out all kinds of things. Uh, he, he threw out, uh, I mean, uh, I, there was a question I asked him just about, you know, the spring practices being able, you know, being an opportunity for the coaches, the new coaches, the new players, the, the returning coaches, the returning players being able to gel together. And, and he, he talked about just how, you know, he had, he had printed out maps of the, of the facilities just to make sure that all the coaches were on the same page. And he made a joke about seeing if one of the coaches was going to go to the wrong field and just, the, the the jokes that he was making, kind of off the cuff, the energy that he had. Um, I mean, he he really took the time and attention to to answer every question he got, and I think it was it's just a guy that really likes talking to the media, and he's a guy that um, is really passionate about this program. And so, I mean, I, I got to cover you know Lincoln Riley for a year, and and none of his press conferences were were anything like Brent's yesterday. Now, after practice today, Jesse got the opportunity to talk to defensive coordinator Ted Roof for the first time in person. So first time uh, in Roof's tenure as Oklahoma's defensive coordinator, brief as it may have been to this point, that you got to go face-to-face with Roof. What stands out about his personality, uh, his vision for the Oklahoma defense, and the way that he carries himself as the D.C. in Norman? I, I think the thing that stood out to me was there's just not he, he just he's not a big ego guy uh, he really talked about just how much he's going to lean on Brent Venable's experience and and the experience of his other staffers he, he's a really he's kind of a stoic um 
guy. You know, he, he doesn't say a ton, but what he does say is really meaningful. Um, also, apparently a really big golf guy. He, he made a couple of different golf metaphors, um, which I think makes sense to me after seeing him in, in person. But, um, again, just a general excitement, I think, about being here. And, again, I, I think he knows that, I mean, yes, he's the defensive coordinator. Obviously, his input is incredibly important. But, I mean, he just seems like a guy that's, that's been a lot of places, and I think he's been humbled by the positions he's been in and the previous experience he's had, and I think he's really excited to, to come and, and to kind of serve under Brent Venables and to kind of lay out uh, Brent's vision. I, I, think, I think that was – I mean, he's just, he's just not a guy that's going to come in and say, oh, we have to do things my way all the time. I think he knows that he's an important cog, but he's a cog um, – under under Brent Venables and, and with the rest of the staff. So I, I think that's really what stood out to me. And how about this news that Matt Wells, who was obviously at Utah State and then Texas Tech and then let go at Texas Tech, how about the news that Matt Wells is uh, joining the support staff at OU? Yeah, I, I it, you know, it, it sort of came out of nowhere in, in some ways, but in, in in other ways I think it I think it makes sense to add him in a support role. Um you know, obviously he he's had a bunch of different experience. He he's an Oklahoma native, which I think is really important um, to Brent Venables. He talked about that. Um, you know, really having a, a priority. Um, you know, especially for players that come from Oklahoma. But obviously he's a, he's a Salazar native. Um, he spent time at Texas Tech in the Big Twelve. He spent time at Utah State. Um, you know, I, I think obviously he's he's had some bad luck in the past, but I think it makes sense that Brent Venables is is bringing him back. And and um, especially in a support role like that, I, Brent has really put time and effort into the support staff here. I mean, it's it's huge. It's it's way bigger than it has been in past seasons. And I and I think I think the Wells hire really makes sense there. Jesse, good stuff, man. We always appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on with us. We'll check in with you again soon. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Jesse Crittenden, Norman Transcript, joining us here on uh, the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network, on this Tuesday. All right. uh, You want to get to some text before we break real quick? One listener says, one thing we didn't hear at the press conference was, we're a lot closer than you might think. (laughs) That quote went west on the mule train. (laughs) Nice. Well done. Yes. How many times was that? Golly, that was just so annoying. If Overton commits, ask one, asks one listener, would that give David Hicks and or T.A. Cunningham not look at OU, or would that increase their chances? Look, I think T.A. Cunningham will be a Sooner. I do. And I, at some point I will enter a crystal ball prediction on the 24-7 sports website in reflection of that belief. David Hicks, not quite as sure on that one. In my gut, I want to say Todd Bates wins that battle, but... Look, the reality that Levius Overton is coming to Norman, if and when that does happen, that that has little to no effect on the recruitment of David Hicks and or the recruitment of T.A. Cunningham because all those dudes, look, those are the type of guys, it doesn't matter what their competition is, they're going to be getting snaps. So, not, not a concern in my eyes. <laughs> Another listener says, is there a tree someone could poison over there? <laughs> Harvey Updike. Uh, Harvey Updike Jr. That was a psycho fan right there. Phil is like Don Johnson's character in 10 Cup. I like that. 918. Good stuff. 
All right, yeah, the uh, PGA will be at Southern Hills in May. That'll be that'll be a good time. Don't forget about the Gimme Zone every Saturday morning right here on the Ref. Those guys do a great job. Phil, not at Augusta. He was the low am back in 1991 when he had that uh, wonderful hairdo back in the day. Not so much anymore, but first time that he won't be at Augusta since 1994. All right. We will break right here, come back, and uh, have one more award-winning, maybe, segment for you next right here on The Ref. Okay, we're back. One final segment locked in, coming up with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas at 2 o'clock, and then The Rush at 3 here on the Ref Radio Network, home of Sooner fans. Riverwind Casino, I told you about the great promotional drawings coming up on Friday and Saturday. The $80,000, the eighty dollars courtside cash giveaway. Promotional drawing Friday night. Get out there, win your share of eighty dollars in cash and bonus play. Then Saturday night, it's the eighty dollars land into luxury. Promotional drawing out at Riverwind. And somebody's going to walk away with a brand new Cadillac. 2022 Cadillac XT5. So get on out there to Riverwind. They also have announced the Beats and Bites concert lineup. The Beats and Bites Outdoor Concert Series will start in May on May 28th. Also presented by Coop Ale Works, Night Ranger, and Starship with Mickey Thomas. So no Grace Slick, but you got Mickey. Grace retired a long time ago. So you're going to get Starship, Night Ranger. Of course, you get Sister Christian and Starship. I'm trying to think of that era you had. Uh, we built this city. Nothing's going to stop us now. Sarah, it's not enough. Find your way back. That'll be a great way to kick off the uh, summer concert series, the uh, Beats and Bites Festival, outdoors at Riverwind. Uh, then in June, Everclear with Sister Hazel on the 18th of June. Uh, July 9th, the Randy Rogers Band will be on the Beats and Bites stage and a great fireworks show to follow that show. Riverwind does it upright for all these concerts, and of course their fireworks show is uh, unbelievable, unmatched in the area. And then uh, at the end of July, Scotty McCreary will be on the Beats and Bites stage on July 30th. Get your tickets at Riverwind.com. Riverwind does it right. They do it better than everybody else. That's why Riverwind is simply the best. You want to get, uh, we were talking about, you know, you play some golf. You're a baseball guy, and golf, was that it for you in high school? Like baseball and golf, or did you do, it was. I I mean, I played baseball up up through my sophomore year of college. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Where? Well, so I didn't play, like, my, basically what happened was I tore up my arm my senior year of high school, right? Okay. And so had to undergo a lengthy rehab process. My freshman year, I ended up playing like after the after the schools after the spring semester of school got over with. I went back and played American Legion ball for another year because that's an age cutoff as opposed to a grade classification cutoff. And then the next year, I played in a collegiate summer league because you know once all the college players get done. Uh, they go play in summer leagues all over the place. So obviously, Omaha being the home of the College World Series, uh, that's a place where summer leagues are pretty prevalent. So I jumped in. You know, there are kids that come from all over to Omaha to come play college baseball in the summer leagues there because of the presence of the College World Series and just how big college baseball is in that market. So that was the last ball that I played, and I said, you know what? I figure it's about time to focus on the career. There you go. So you're like the Uncle Rico of baseball. You I could, basically am. You yeah. could throw a baseball, I could throw over, a baseball those over those mountains if you hadn't hurt your arm. Uh huh. Yeah, pretty much. I I'm Uncle Rico. 
soaking up uh, soaking it up with your soulmate in the hot tub, right? In uh-huh. a big old mansion. What a great <laughs> movie that was. It was so different. Uh, but now it's uh, that's a classic. That is a classic. But I was thinking about because we were saying uh, as we have a few minutes left, destinations or bucket list items in sports. You got to get to Augusta. Is there anything on your bucket list right now that um, you would put like one, two on your sports do bucket list? I, I would love to go to the Super Bowl at some point. I think that's that's bucket list material. See, that's on my. I, I replace the letter B with an F. That's on my F it list. The Super Bowl too corporate. Oh, really? Yes. Too corporate. Yeah, I just don't have any interest. It seems like it'd be way, way too much corporate stuff. Interesting. Um, beyond that, I don't really have a bucket. It's it's more about venues. Yeah. Like I, I want to visit places more so than I want to see particular events. Yeah, I, I got you. That's a good Augusta is one of those places. What about Wimbledon? Uh, That's one for me. Nah, Wimbledon's not on my list. I just I I don't get that much into tennis. Uh, for me. I would I would love to go to Pebble Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- 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 I'll tell you what I haven't done now, enough no- of. Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend. Yeah. I want to get there at some point. That would be cool. Had a lot of family that went to Florida State, so uh, going to Doak Walker I think would be a ton of fun. The uh, For me, the one thing I haven't done, you know, my number one was always get to Augusta, and I was fortunate, super blessed to know, you know, people like Craig Humphreys and Scott Verplank, Mike Fletcher, guys like that. So I, I got very lucky. I've been there nine times. I want to go back, make it ten, but that place is special. I would love to see Wimbledon because you would, you know, get to – Hang out in London as well. Plus, I really want the strawberries and cream. And uh, But other than that, what I haven't done enough of is go to cool baseball parks. The only baseball parks I have been to, ballpark at Arlington, the old uh, Arlington Stadium, which was an absolute dump, Kansas City, Dodgers Stadium, which was awesome, and the old Angel Stadium. The old Angel Stadium. That's it. I do I, want to go to Fenway. That's yeah, another, Fenway that's and Wrigley. Venue. I've yeah. never been to Fenway and Wrigley, and that'd be a great experience to be. Uh, would you want to go to Wrigley or Fenway if you had the choice? I Fenway. guess you just said Fenway. Fenway. Yeah. Why? It's because it seems to have more of an aura about it than Wrigley. Man, it's a coin flip for me. I want both is what I want. And if you go, you've got to have a beer. you got to have a beer and a dog, period. I think you well, should, even you got- though you don't drink, you should just at least like get a little three ounce little beer, like that's you know one of those little like a things. Shot? Yeah, like a beer shot, so you can have an old <laughs> style and like what well, I'm sure it's Sam Adams at yeah. Fenway. No, I am. But- I am. I understand that that's what they ordered in uh, in Field of Dreams, but the the beer end of things is not for me. I'll I'll, I'll get a hot dog. I don't mind getting a hot dog. Field I feel of like- Dreams. What a great movie, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah, you got to have a dog. Dodger dog. Uh, that that baseball to me again is best, and you know, not that I've gone to a lot of stadiums, but it's best enjoyed at the ballpark. It's indeed. It's because it's a, it's not a made for TV sport. It's kind of like I feel that same way about the NHL, like hockey. But man, that uh, those would be the two places. The three places: Wimbledon. Wrigley Fenway for me. 
All right, we've got Locked In coming up next with Parker and Tyler McComas. A lot more on Sooner Spring football, a ton of recruiting information. If you're on the Air Comfort Solutions text line and we haven't read your text yet, I'm sure Tyler and Parker are going to get to a lot of those. We always appreciate them. So does Air Comfort Solutions. And we appreciate you guys tuning in each and every day. And you ladies as well. Everybody have a terrific Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow. I think you know the time. It is Steel Man and Thune at noon, right? We'll see you.